All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Oilers Nation Radio. Bum, bum, Episode bum, 93 bum, bum, with Bag Milk and Liam bum, and Rick bum, bum, and Tyler and Dan. Bum, bum, presented by our friends at Oodle Noodle. Bum, 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 One hour of hockey talk to recap all things Edmonton Oilers. And there we go. <laughs> I almost have to say, is that supposed to be the old music? I don't know. The intro, I just, or did you just make this up on a spot? I just did it. I'm just this, freestyle. That's how I'm feeling, Rick. You can well, see I got tears in my eyes right now. I don't know why. Fair listener. I think it's because dog patches. I'm sorry, bread and butter is still closed. I'm I would love a pizza roll today. Or even a twisted lemon. Yeah. A lemon twist. Hope. I can't remember what the call. It's been so long. Been forever. <sighs> I kind of forgot bread. that. Uh, so bread and butter was closed all last week. They were just doing mm. their maintenance week or whatever. I forgot they're not open Monday, Tuesday. I no. really wanted a coffee and a pizza roll today. Yeah, here we are. I eat my feelings when things are like this, Liam. Me too. I eat everything, mostly bananas. But mm. so you're saying Tyler hasn't paid you back that coffee yet? Nope. New. Nope. nope. It is uh, probably still sitting on the counter at the McDonald's. <laughs> he'll <laughs> come back for me. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll be like he'll come back. All right, for our friends at Oodle Noodle, we kick off every episode of Oilers Nation with a delicious debate. Eighteen locations and counting. For our friends at Oodle Noodle, the most recent opening in Calgary at the beginning of last month. Mr. Uramchuk, yep. I imagine you've got a very uplifting, delicious debate for us to kick off the podcast today. Well, things aren't going well for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of tough losses, one point in their last two games. Uh, so the question is, when you look at the Pacific Division standings, the wildcard standings, what percent chance would you give the Oilers right now of making the playoffs? So right now, before everybody gives their answer, the Oilers are still in the second wild card spot, though Nashville is right behind them. So is Colorado. Calgary is a, ga- a point up with a game in hand. So things are going wonderfully. Rick, you? I'm going 100. 100%. Okay. This team will still make the playoffs. It may not be pretty. It may not be uh, very comfortable how we get there, but they will find their way in. I'm still at 80%. I still think they're going to get in. I just like what's going to annoy me is that it's going to be in a wild card spot. And that drives me insane. I don't know if I have an answer because I just don't have to. I know. I know. And I just don't know. Last night was the first time all season. I thought, man, like this doesn't feel good enough at all. I tweeted last night. There's 2018 vibes all over this team. And it feels horrible. See, and we stayed up so late to watch this damn game too. (laughs) I like how 1115 is so late. How old are you again? I'm 26 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, what percentage are, what percentage would you put down on the others making the playoffs? I I'm at a hundred percent. I feel like 
I I didn't come into the office today and I feel like it was a good decision I made because yeah, it's dark in here, Dan. There's black clouds everywhere. Well, everybody kind of in the office, so except for Rick, who who I'm sure had something that he had to be attending to in the morning and he just came in for this podcast. <laughs> so he hasn't been poisoned yet. But yeah, I'm I'm still at a hundred percent. Like, you know, yes, the effort wasn't good. And yes, I, I don't think that any te- player on that team can say that what they put forth last night is a playoff worthy effort. But like there was still a fight in this team. Like we saw three literal fights from this team, uh, you know, and that's something that you hadn't seen from this team all season. So I don't know, like it's, to me, it's small sample size to be, to be that deflated uh, that they're going to miss the playoffs. I'm still 100%. But isn't that the fights are the, what kind of pissed me off the most, to be honest. Let's get there afterwards. <laughs> okay. Just cause fine. I want to talk about that too. Cause that was annoying me as well. Yeah. Tyler, I want your answer because you're the one that came up with this question today. If they want to match their point total from last year. No, no, no. Year, that's no, not the no, question. No, no. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. ain't the question. We're talking about making the playoffs. Yeah. They make the playoffs. Okay. So that means they have to get to 97 points. That was the playoff cut line last year. I think it's fair to assume it'll be about the playoff cut line this year. I'm just giving some logic to my answer. I also I um, very much dislike the fact that people can do the math and work it back. Like I'm a fan, right? So I go into every game. Like we can win this and we win this. We can make the playoffs. We make the playoffs. We can this cup. But then someone's going to sit there and go, well, this is the kind of the record you have. And it's all, it's logical. I get it. I'm a very logical person. It's just when it comes to my fanning, mm-hmm. I like to like leave the numbers out of it. Cause I don't want to have that cloud above me. And that's fair. Cause it is wildly depressing to do the math. <laughs> See, <laughs> They need 52 points from now till the end of the year. If they want to get to 97, that is 25 wins. wins, baby. Let's go. 26 wins. wins. So they got to go 26 and 14 in their final 40. Baby, let's go. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and I'll be a little bit more optimistic than I was on Owen every day. What was his answer on Owen every day? 30%. Oh, Tyler. I'll say, I'll say coin flip 50, 50. Wow. I'm in a coin flip too. I guess I never really gave an answer. I'm at a coin flip as well. I just don't know. It's so hard to trust them right now. How like Tyler and I did our pregame show on Saturday against Colorado and we both sat there and we're like, wow, like that was a different Oilers against the Islanders. That kind of leaves me a little bit optimistic. And then they come out and lay an egg against their Colorado team that was missing two of their best players or however many, what is it? Landis Gordon, Shushkin, Manson, Byram, the rest, whatever it is. And you allow, you're brutal. And then you come out and you do exactly the same yesterday. Like it's just hard to be optimistic. And I, I don't like to be negative about it, but it's the reality of the situation, unfortunately, that we're in, right? It's like Buddha once said, Liam. Ah, yes. Here we Expectations go. are the root of every suffering. I do think there's a little asterisk on last night's <laughs> loss, though. Wow. I, I'm actually, despite the fact I'm doom and gloomy guy today, because um, we pulled names out of a hat as to what our attitudes were going to be. So I think doom and gloomy. <laughs> yeah. um, what would the sticker look like on your calendar? I don't, I would burn the calendar. Um, <laughs> there was a, there was bad luck last night. There oh was, but it, okay, five uh, not, even, not even, okay. not yeah. even, not even bad luck. It was just a terrible fucking penalty kill. PK was awful. If their penalty awful. kill was just a normal kind of bad and gave up two goals on <laughs> yeah, seven yeah. attempts, we're in this game. They, they get a point. Yeah, so yeah, I, like, I, it's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating. It's very fucking frustrating because they're, and I think they're overly aggressive in, in our own end. I think this, they, instead of like running that normal four man box or a passive box, or, you know, even, even the, uh, the, even the diamond, they have that triangle thing where one forward is just a Rover. And he just chases the puck wherever it is. Yeah. Well, well, now you, we all know if you had a choice, would you want a five on four or a four on three power play? Everyone's going to say a four on three power play, yeah. right? So what we do is we eliminate one of our forwards, eliminate one of their players. We give everyone a four <laughs> on three every fucking time. I noticed that too. Yeah. They just like, they need to draw another line inside the perimeter of, of the zone. And so there's like a two foot area from the boards to that line. And if it's the pucks there and they have to control that puck, you don't go towards them. All you're doing is take yourself out of position. You're opening up a cross ice pass. Let's keep a passive box. Let's keep the four guys in the middle, eliminate the cross ice passes and let them shoot from the outer perimeter. Our goaltenders this year have not allowed those goalies, uh, those, those in the net. Have we? For the most part. Yeah. Like we're not having those little flutter shots that kind of got by Miko or sometimes got by Smitty. Our goalie has been pretty fucking solid when you keep the shots to the outside. 
We keep the fucking shots outside. Simple. This was a couple of years ago on the podcast. You saying, would you rather have a five on four or four on three? Did we not have some big fight about something yeah, like that? That was on real life though. Oh, was it real? The answer is four on three. Over a five on three or over a five on four? And a five on three. Well, no, not four on three over a five. Yes, on because three. no, the only reason I say that is because it takes it eliminates one extra pass. Like you have, you don't have as many options offensively, <laughs> so you don't create that extra pass. You can what? overpass on a five on three, where on a four on three, you're gonna end up shooting a little more. So team, <laughs> I know it sounds weird. <laughs> it sounds weird, but when you have when you have that five on three, you're almost looking for the perfect play, whereas the four on three, you're a little more going for the throat and there's a lot more space out there. So I'd rather have a four on three to tell you the honest truth. What are you thinking, Tyler? Let it out. With that logic, teams should be pulling their goalies and not throwing out an extra attacker. Just like, hey, we're yanking them. Get that sense of urgency. We don't need that well, extra. It's just, just we don't the need power, that extra yeah, option. Like nothing else. Just a four on three power. If you had an option, five on three or four on three, I'm going to take a four on three, especially right. with this team. Yeah, maybe with this team. There's just too many possible. times you get the puck down low and they give like back and forth and back and forth. And you don't see that on a four on three. You see it more go for the throat. Where on the on the five on three, I find to be more passive. My problem with the five on like the way there's power play is it's very one punch heavy. It's a great punch. Don't get me wrong. That cross seam pass to dry sidle. Well, there it connects. It's you got to give them credit. They are bringing in some new things. They have, they are have going down to, the Nuge side, de- Nuge down to Hyman, Hyman into the middle there to, 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 to Leon, like between the hash marks in the middle. But my he just missed like, last night. How many, like the Tyson Berry shots from the top of the slot though, they barely ever get to the net. Yeah. That's I mean, I get it to clear some space, but like, man, last night was one of those ones where on paper, the Kings had a brutal PK. <laughs> And it's just like, oh, the other should have this no problem. And then it just did not happen that way. But I still think they're a little or mentally or emotionally fragile where the, they're, you know, those, the, power, the PK was killing us and these guys, they, they get deflated. Tyler, you mentioned something interesting on the PK before we started recording. You'd like a couple of adjustments on who is out there. Yeah, I, I'm kind of getting the sense that maybe the McDavid thing isn't working that well anymore. And I don't know. I'm a, you can call me old school. I like having dogs out there on the PK. I want guys who are going to be sliding in front of shit. I want guys who they get the puck and you know what they're thinking? I'm firing that sucker down the ice. Throwing McDavid out there for the last 25 seconds, I think could be interesting because it's also a matchup opportunity to get him out there against the team's second unit. Like that's not terrible. Then the PK is over back to five on five, but last night in the game, and I'm going to pull up <laughs> the exact numbers to make sure hit, I'm hit the mute button for what, yeah, if, before if he's about to say what he says here. Yeah. There's a, this is not going to if you're, this is not going to be a pretty common. Yeah, so while the Oilers sensitive content coming, yes. <laughs> while the Oilers were shorthanded yesterday, Kyler Yamamoto was on the ice <laughs> for a minute and 24 seconds. McDavid was on the ice for a minute 58 and the Oilers gave up three goals. Is that bad? So for every, <laughs> again, I'm not that good at math, mm, but for like every 26, 28 seconds, that's actually the correct math. For every 28 seconds, Kyler Yamamoto was on the ice shorthanded. The King scored. Okay, I'm going to say, I, I go back to th- thinking this is a, uh, just the, the system. Like they're running around. Stop running around, hold your spot in the middle, let them pass around the perimeter, go nice for it. Tight diamond. Dude. Yes, diamond, box, whatever you want. Just stop fucking chasing. Yeah. I just, that Yamamoto McDavid duo specifically was on the ice for three shorthanded goals or three power play goals again. So I just look at that and I go, you know, you got guys like Nuge and Yanmark and we talk about giving players who aren't the big guns and this doesn't apply to Nuge more to Yanmark, but players who aren't the big guns, some meaningful minutes. Mm -hmm. And maybe you just need some more guys who their sole job or one of their bigger responsibilities is, Hey, you're going to take some pride in being on the PK Derek Ryan. One thing I find amazing is like a guy like who's uh, responsible defensively and yes, Pooley RV doesn't get a sniff on the PK. Yeah. I don't really get that either to be uh, fair. Yeah. I, I don't think they trust him on the positional play without the puck. I do like what he does without the puck in terms of battling for it, for checking and all that. Therefore, I think that it'd be a pretty good idea. Uh, I was saying this a couple months ago. Um, I just don't think the team really trusts him on the whole positional play. I don't, um, I just, 
personally wouldn't look at him as like a creative enough player to be on a power play. You don't have to like be a, creative. Create like the, I, the power play is so defensive and so the penalty kill. Or yeah, sorry, the penalty kill is so defensive and not really creative. Just kind of like stand in your spot type of thing that I thought yeah. he'd be good, but hurts. That's what I know, Liam. Yep. A couple of sad bananas for you last night, I've heard. Yeah. Connor Halley found out what the bananas are all about. He's very confused on after hours. But after dark. After dark. He'll catch on. Yeah. But he, I explained it to him and he just laughed. He also got memed yesterday, which was big. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. The, um, I don't know. I don't have anything else to add. <laughs> what are we on next? Uh, to quote my good friend, Low Tide, the penalty kill can go to hell. <laughs> and that is very accurate today because yeah. the penalty kill can go to LJ Woodcroft after the game. And Bruce Kerlock was on Owen every day and brought this up. Like he kind of Woody said, how many times are you going to get scored on four times shorthanded and then go over six with this power play? Like he chalked it up yeah. to like a meh shit happens. But my problem is there's been too many of meh shit happens kind of things yeah. over the last month. Just like I don't expect Woody to really months. say anything else yep. in public. He's got to be fucking frustrated though. Yeah, he's got to be. Cause like last night on the B cast, it was spicy. And like, just the get rid of Woodcrofts were out in droves Which like, last night. Are people dumb? You can't fire your coach. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> I know. But like you look at the last <laughs> night, the power, like the special teams were a complete disaster. Four for seven on the power play for the Kings. Oh, for six for the Oilers. Like that doesn't happen. So I guess to Woody's point, like get it. What are you looking at over there? But at this I, point, I was actually looking at. So the Oilers have allowed four goals on the power play penalty kill already this season. This oh is yeah. the second time it was against Washington. Hmm. So I was just curious to know how many power plays they had that night, and they went over one. So it's not like a very good comparison because, yeah, they had one power play. But again, the one moment that pissed me off yesterday with the power play because they had a couple decent looks throughout the game. Copley made a couple nice saves, but they weren't overly threatening. Um, and over six. That Yamamoto goal was like as the guy stepped on yeah. the ice. So that's kind of a power play goal that which needs to be factored in the conversation. But that last power play they had four minutes, 30 seconds to go. They get a two minute power Such play. Bummer. They don't five three game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like the Kings didn't let them into the zone. And it's like, okay, again, I'm fine with us sitting here on the nights when the power play goes three for four or scores twice and they win by a goal and being like, hey, having an elite power play, like that's nothing wrong with that power play can win you games. Mm -hmm. But then I think it's almost extra damning when the power play does that and kind of in a way, not directly costs you a game, but like doesn't help you. That's a strength of this team. If you're going to be average or below at five on five, that is average the strength. Like yeah. that is the thing. If you're going to be average or below at five on five with your offense, if you're going to be average or below in your own end and your blue line, the thing that separates this team from other average teams and was supposed to push them past the group of average teams is the high end skill and the power play can kill you can kill the opposition every night. Can you and pull I, up uh, yeah. how many shots on the power play they got last night? Cause I, I can't be many. When the Oilers had the power play, they had eight shots over 11 minutes of power play time. It's not great. Uh, it's no, not great. under a shot a minute shot attempts 16 or Corsi four. So yep. some blocks in there, some mess nets. Yeah, it, says, you, it actually says the Kings blocked seven shots. Did you see that stat they brought up on the, which to me just kind of defines the Oilers in a way this season, but the Kings were like top five, I think they said in block shots or something like that. And the Oilers were 31st. <laughs> like, like it's well, a small stat, but it, it says a lot. That's one of those things where it's like commitment to the game. Yeah. and You never had to tell Chris Russell to jump in front of a punt. No. And that's a big indication why your penalty kill sucks. I would also say the same thing about the fights that we're going to get to in a second. Yeah. Um, but first I want to hear from you. <laughs> noodle noodle delicious debate. How confident are you that the Oilers are going to make the playoffs? Hit us up. Owen radio, Owen radio podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Um, so go, let's just go into the fights. Dan mentioned it. Leon mentioned it last night. There was three scraps for the Oilers. There was Yessa, there was Zach Hyman and there was Clem Costin. Here's my problem with it. I liked, I'm, I'm a, I'm not a guy who necessarily likes the, staged fights off the draw, but I like watching guys defend themselves in moments like that. My problem was that it didn't really come about until they were down by three. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of that was also instigated. Like the first fight, the yes, Pugliarvi fight was instigated by Philip Deneau, who yes, a laid out whoever that was. Ovidson, I think. Deneau yeah. jumped in immediately. 
flip side, that doesn't happen. No. Are you not supposed to get a 10 minute misconduct with a instigator? Yeah. I thought there was, that's what they were talking about. That Two, too. Five, like, how about an instigator in general? He didn't, he, didn't get, yeah, he didn't get one. He got roughing. Not he got roughing. Inst- yeah. Not an instigator. Well, they didn't give him an instigator. Oh, okay. Well then that's my, that, then I have a fucking huge issue with Dan, that. Dan, what's your take on this? Cause you're the expert. Well, Jesse got an interference penalty. My thing is in bag milk. I hear what you're saying, especially with the Jesse fight. Uh, but Jesse initiated that by starting it with some physicality. Was it over the line? Absolutely. It was an interference penalty and the referee was going to call it as such, but I like that kind of, that's the kind of team toughness and the team, like the team pestiness. I don't know how else to say it. You don't have it necessarily on the scoreboard that night, but you're going after the Vegas or after the Vegas golden Knights. you're going after the Los Angeles Kings hard. And, and I don't know, like I, I hear what you're saying and I understand that, you know, too little too late, but at least it's something. And it was, yeah. it was a certain element of toughness, especially with the Hyman one, the Hyman fight was, was a response to the byfield hit earlier in the game by Hyman. And you Great give hit, Hyman a ton way. of credit there because he doesn't have to take that fight but he goes out and does it. And again, it, it, to me, it just comes back to this team toughness that we need to have. And this team toughness we can have going forward that yes, those fights, they lost them. Jesse got pumped by, by Dino and, uh, and you could say that, um, uh, that sorry, uh, Lemieux beat up on cost in a bit. Uh, but you know, I might go there a draw there, but, at the end of the day, that's three fights for the Oilers. And it just kind of, I don't know. I feel like this was, this is one of those games where it galvanizes a team and gets them going again. I hope so. I just, it's my problem with it, Dan is, and you're right, but my problem with it is it shouldn't take being down by three goals to start playing with a little physicality. Of course, of course. But there's a lot of negatives in this whole season. That's making this to be worse. I think that's kind of my argument for it too, is it's not been a, it's not like the Oilers are in a bad run. The others have just not been good all season. They've been yep. extremely inconsistent, consistently yep. inconsistent, as I like to say. And here <laughs> we like are at game that. 42 of the season, and they're finally showing it. Like, what has taken so long? 100%. Been, that's my I point agree. of it, Dan. And I, I agree with what you say. Like, I hope this is kind of galvanizes it, but like, I've kind of just had enough of thinking something's going to change what this team's going to do. And it's, it's a- happened so often. Like, how can I just can't keep believing that something is going to change until I actually see it for a sustained amount of time. It goes to the block shots thing you just mentioned. It goes to the fight thing. Like last night when might, might have even been hockey fights that said, yes, Pulley RV now leads the Oilers with two fights on the season. I'm like, how, how does that happen? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Like that's not the guy who should be doing it. Clem has two now, right? Yeah. Well, it's just, that's more. It was for a minute. Yeah. 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 It was for a minute, but he was there. It's just, it's like, man, like Liam said, we're halfway through the season and now you're starting to get mad. Yeah. Like Again, this should have been happening in November. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Just show some emotion but, for it. It's just, I don't know. It's just at the point. I feel like, like, what do you do next? I feel like with physicality, I feel like with blocking shots, I feel like it's a, it's a trait that often we, we see with our players and with hockey players. It's like a, Oh, that guy will do it that guy will hit that guy for me or that guy will fight that dude for me, or that guy's going to block that shot for me. And you know, when you don't have the leading league block shot guy on your team, on your roster, when you don't have a Vander Kane on your roster, you don't have that guy behind you to do that for you. And so I feel like, yes, you're right. Yeah. They got, it took 42 games for them to get dragged out of their, out of their shell, but here they are. And you just, I mean, you know, like, we're talking again, a small sample size because this is one game and did they wake up? Who knows? But at least for me, you know, a guy watching it from the emotional side of things, I was excited to see that response. I, I hope so, Dan, but like, I also felt the same way after there was a couple of scraps in the game against Seattle a week ago. I was like, maybe yep. finally they're getting pissed off. Yeah, no, at exactly. This rate, we, I, at this no, rate, they have to both come up and show it now. Yes. Like we can sit there and say, I hope it's this. I hope it's that. Maybe this is the day when they start to play. Now it's on them to come on. And I, I said this after the Islander game, like I didn't get too excited about the way they played the Islanders because I'd done this already this year mm-hmm. and they had to come out and do it three or four times in a row. And well, they haven't again. Very frustrating. D- Dan, where, where are the Oilers on the fights leaderboards? Like where, <laughs> where are we at here? Um, well, that's a great question off the top of my head. Uh, we're low. I'd have to dig deeper, but, uh, but right now, if I'm going to, 
Sorry, oh, go we'd, ahead. Be, we'd be like 28th. Yeah, we got the top team in the league right now has 20 fights. The Canucks and the Flyers have 20 fights each. Um, and then as you go down the list, you find the Oilers in 27th with six overall. Two so, sorry, who, who, who's lower? Do you have the full leaderboard there? Yep. The Pittsburgh Penguins, the Detroit Red Wings, the Carolina Hurricanes, and the Buffalo Sabres each have two fights. And the Leafs. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs with five right behind us. Yeah. Mm, interesting. And like before people chime in and go, oh, well, the good teams don't fight. Well, well Tampa Bay has 15. Boston has 14. And I know that's the makeup of the players on their team. Yeah, I they got that. some, they got those players. And I get, but at the same point, there's instances where we talked about Nima Linen earlier in the season. Like there's instances where a fight was probably worthy of what happened on the ice and nobody did it. I want to see more of the fights when we're down five, two, not up five, two, like the Nima Linen one. Yeah, but, that's yeah, fine I, but I agree with everyone. Everyone's saying here is that they need some more emotion. They need some more of those pooly every type hits where you just kind of run a dude over. And if it means you got to drop, you got to drop them. But like even Connor, like Connor went and steamrolled guys yeah. twice in the third. And it's like, even dry sidle, they go play physical and everyone feeds off it. And it's like, okay, do it in the first man. Like, but I don't think they're actually feeding off it. Like they're doing it. Yeah. You do see it from them, but I don't see like the team, like, but I think all jacked up about it when they should be. But I think if it happened early in the game, it would drag the team into the fight a little bit. Wasn't Leon's fucking big hit early in the first period or at least in the first period. He leveled a dude over on the, on the left side. That was shortly after the Hyman one. I don't remember when that happened, though. Yeah, I don't really remember, but he stood him up, hurt the dude, messed with the dude's shoulder because he wasn't out there. I, maybe it, it might have been yeah. Dursey. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, that dude wasn't out very much afterwards. The, the point is, uh, like, I just, they can't wait until they're down to play pissed off. Mm-hmm. This is supposed yep. to be a team with Stanley Cup aspirations. And whether or not it's a fight or throwing the body, at least finishing a check. That should be the goal. That should be the standard. Look angry. Get in a scrum. Do something. Do you know there was actually a point in the game last night that something I haven't heard many people talk about, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but did you guys notice it was in the third period when for some reason Drew Dowdy was like net front and he was like kind of tucked over and you could clearly see him like saying something to Campbell. And the only thing that happened was like a slight push by nurse. And it's like, you know, this guy is like, that's what he does. That's his, that's, that's his that's game. His thing. And he's trying to get in your goalie's head right now. And you're just going to like give him a little shove away. And he like kept doing it. And it's just like, no, do something about I'd it. See, I'd have to see that. Cause yeah. I don't know that you it can't really do too much. You can't but, put yourself shorthanded, but I do agree with you. But at that point you're losing. Fuck him. Yeah. yeah. Dude. I'm telling you, like I'm, I'm fucked. Get dealing with that guy. Head down to the other end of the net. Sure. Uh, other end of the ice and go do something. Yeah. When they go after fucking, when they stick out their knee on Connor, Sure, react to that. But go find their fucking Connor and go do something. Yeah. My standard is still Robert Bartuzzo getting pushed into by a lightning yeah. player into <laughs> Vasilevsky and then four lightning jumped on him. That was That's hilarious. my standard. That's situational though, and it's a little bit different. But I agree with you. There needs to if be If it happens more. again today, though, the lightning are jumping on whoever does it again. That's just in their game. They're they're playing for each other. They're but yeah, they and I think the the thing with the to not go back too far, but like the Nima Linen thing, which we've yep. discussed on this show. If you fight in that moment and whatever happens, I think it brings a togetherness of your team, does it not? Like you kind of see so. that. Like, I agree and with like that. you see him fight, like that helps. And yeah, like, I don't know, like being a dead drum I with think- the fights, I guess, but like that's, <laughs> you got to be together. And right now they're not together. And that's a very easy, one, baby. And that's a very easy way to bring the team together. Yeah. An example from the Nation Network, Liam. All for one we, and one for all. We got to exactly. prove it this weekend. When we were in Winnipeg. You gonna, I was going to say, are we going to prove it this weekend <laughs> or what? When Jay was not allowed into our van cab. Yeah. This they is only ridiculous. Take they, four people in they van They take cabs. the back seat out. For like. For wheelchairs. But they like all of them. Yeah. So yeah, what do we do, Liam? We all got out of the cab and yeah, walked no, Jay's together. Like, Fine. You guys go. You guys go. No. I'll walk. No, <laughs> that's not all the way one. we roll here. So we all got out. We all walked down the street. It was all dark and rainy and we got some really good fucking photos out of it. We did. And the memories will live forever. <laughs> Haven't forgotten all for yet. for one. Yeah. It's like we're almost getting to the point where they need a be shy in the bench. You know what I mean? Oh, buddy. That is an all timer. If you don't know what that is, check out hockeyfights.com. Search Mike <laughs> be shy. Well, that was a hell of a, oh, did you just mouth be shy on the bench? Do you not what? know that one yet? Be shy. On Do we the have bench. to reduce you? I don't think I know it. 
you know oh, really the Oilers oh, against the Atlanta the Thrashers. Thrashers. I don't yeah. know that was for re-education full, full online well, how about big screen. I don't know. I'm only a 20. I've not been there very long. I'm not even a citizen. <laughs> you remember the Thrashers as a franchise, Liam? Who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to hear from you guys again. Owen radio podcast. What do you make of the Oilers getting into scraps last night, specifically situationally? I think they should be playing angry from the opening draw. Not when <laughs> the game is kind of out of hand again. I agree with the, also agree. But is with it ever at a hand where you're only done two goals with this fucking team? It's not. I know. It's, that's like, so frustrating. It's not, but show you want it. So I think that's kind of reason why some of the guys, maybe that's just an excuse for them, but you, like don't overreact guys. Like there's still seven minutes left. We're down by two. We've got Connor. We've got Leon. We got new. We, like we wipe that two. attitude though. That, like those guys are going to come in and save you. Well, no, not necessarily save you, but like they're going to have ice time and there's a fucking, I mean, look at the Connor goal. Yeah, I mean, skated behind the guy, stole the puck from him, came back straight up thievery. (laughs) It was ridiculous. Uh, Another thing last night worth mentioning too, just before we wrap up to talk about the Kings, they block a ton of shots to Liam's point. They had 22 listed on the NHL website last night, and even that seems light. Do you think they get fucking as a team? They all get like jacked up to fucking play us because their coach, hundred percent. Oh, and because we knocked them out, money on the board too. But even even last year's playoffs, they were out there like it's fucking. Oh man, they. That is a great lesson, though, to everyone being like, they got to fire Woodcroft. Woodcroft's the issue. And Todd McClellan's still running a damn good bench in L.A. Yeah. Oh, was he here for a while? Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that was the thing. How's the, vaca- I, I how's like the what- vacation beard on Tippett doing these days? But the oh, point... he's living his best life. Right. You know, he's probably like down in Arizona at his house having cock. He's probably it's two o'clock p.m. Mountain. He's probably having a cocktail right now. Oh, yeah. It's fourth yeah, or fifth of the day. Oh, those early ones don't count though. You can't count those. Breakfast? Come on. Nah. Ah. Basically just tomato soups, angrier cousin if you're having anything before noon doesn't count. Caesar, exactly. Ah. Setting the tempo, setting the pace for the day. All right, we're going to move on a little bit. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Tourism Jasper. Of course, there's Jasper in January running all month long. You can get those cheap lift tickets if you get the Marmot Pass. There's also the... Pond hockey tournament that is coming up the last weekend of January at the beautiful Jasper Park Lodge. Team Oilers Nation will be down there. Flames Nation will also be down there. So I've got my elbows going up real high. Maybe slip a butt end out four or five inches. You won't catch me. I'm good at this shit. I'll be slashing ankles. I'm out there. Anyway, you can join. You can submit a team to the Jasper Pond hockey tournament. Go to chehockey.com. chehockey.com. Dot com. Tyler, you excited to play a little puck? Uh, very excited. When you're out there skating in like the mountain air, you're breathing it in, looking around. Oh, so I took nice photos of you last year too. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. I think one of them is still my header. No, it's not anymore, but it was my header photo on Twitter for a long time. Does the wine skin make the bench? Yeah, I think it's coming. That like I don't think Does the it wine make skin... the bench though. Is it like a pre is it during the game? Or you, you had a good uh, shift and you like a quick sip, uh, maybe some water afterwards. Well, maybe we'll see. Yeah. Wineskin's coming to Jasper for sure. I dig Not it. coming to Vegas though. No, no, that's irresponsible. Unnecessary. Unnecessary. You don't need to sneak booze around in Vegas. Vegas is not a wine city. Is it available there? They do sell it. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure. Um, let's touch real quickly on Vegas before we move on to more sadness. All of us on this podcast will be heading down on Thursday afternoon. Tyler, let's run through a little bit of the programming schedule that you've set up for us while we're down there because we've got a lot of shit going on. Yeah. So if you think that we're just bobbing down to Vegas and we're disappearing on you, that is not the case. Quite literally uh, the opposite for that. So we're going to get in on Thursday night. We're going to drop an emergency late night episode of the Real Life Podcast, which should be entertaining to say the least. So we'll have that for you on Thursday night. So you can listen to it then or Friday morning, I suppose Friday, 11 a.m. or sorry, noon mountain time. I'll use mountain time for these because you know, the listeners noon mountain time, Oilers nation every day live from Vegas. And then it's going to be Oilers nation radio. Same time. You always get it on Friday. So we'll have an episode from Vegas there. We're going to be doing some fun video content around the arena, around the watch bar, uh, Tom's watch bar, which is where we're doing our big party down there for the Oilers sharks game Saturday. Boom. Another episode of Oilers nation every day. Gonna have an episode of your pod bag milk better late than never recorded then as well. And then same thing, a ton more video content. So we're living it up and producing all that good content. I'm looking forward to it. It's fun to make a little content in a different environment. These podcasts are drink in hand podcasts. No, why not? Obviously. Excellent. 
Like if you listen gonna... to the last joint, what do we call it? Like a joint episode? It was like real life and ONR last time. Yeah, we all had tall boys. No, no in, in Vegas. In yeah, Vegas. yeah. We, <laughs> we all had tall boys. We had a great time. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Dan? I was just gonna say, if you are in Vegas and you're going parallel to our trip and you haven't heard yet, we will be at Tom's Watch Bar at New York, New York to watch the San Jose game. So come join. So that's us. a Friday night. So if you're on a different trip. Yeah, yeah, if you're on a different trip, perhaps trip. some other just random trip down to Vegas, same time. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe you're staying at the Cosmo. I don't know. <laughs> is that where that other? I don't, maybe uh, allegedly, there's other hotels as well. Is that where another trip maybe staying? <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited to have some drinks and some memories with you, fine gentlemen. I'm excited to go to Fremont Street. I'm excited to dance. Is, uh, is Crush playing? I think it's a different cover band this time. It is a cover band though. My cousin's cover band actually. Come on now. Yeah. He's the guitar player in the cover band on Fremont street now. Oh, I dig this. would be fun. Yeah. It'd be a good time. I'm just trying to make sure that he's actually in town while we're there. Mm. Kind of bops all over the place. We got to make sure Jay doesn't like try and jump the railing and get on stage. Listen, if Barbie girl comes on, Jay is uncontrollable. That is. is his jam. Get out of his way. You can do. There's really not. Oh, wait till you see it. Liam. It's there's something. there's trip j is a different guy <laughs> i love this version of him trip j comes out and he is a special animal and if we see barbie girl you're gonna start to see the head bobbing and all of a sudden the hips wiggling <laughs> come on come on bobby let's go potty that's right uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yeah come on barbie let's pause for an ad <laughs> selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. <laughs> that was seamless. <laughs> seamless. You know, we hold our breath, listeners, during the entire ad break. That is true. <laughs> It's like when you're driving under a bridge and you got to hold your breath. I don't remember what those rules are when you were a kid. I thought it was when you're driving under a graveyard. Yeah, I thought it was a graveyard. I don't remember too. what they are. You you're going your under a bridge or a tunnel, you got to hold the roof up. Railroad tracks. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember okay, that. Okay, so I remember that one. Something under a bridge. Lower your head, maybe? Water. Know. Hold the roof up. What? Well, you got to. Well, yeah. water under the bridge. <laughs> like last night's game, Liam. No, I was crashing that bridge down after last night's game. All right. Well, we Still got in his important- shoes, making his socks wet, and he's all grumpy because of it. I'm going to start making myself some cement shoes if this doesn't turn around. Uh, tomorrow, we got Anaheim, San Jose, Friday, Vegas, Saturday. Obviously, we want to say win out. Oh if you don't win the next two, I don't even know what to say. Hit me. Blow it up. What do you guys say? Blow it up. You got I'll games against it. two horrible teams coming up. And you've already lost to one of them this year. So like, again, you're not going to beat these bad teams every time. Though. I get it. They're still NHL teams. They're trying hard to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but like, good Lord. <laughs> if you do not win both of these hockey games with kind of your season in the balance, like we're talking about again, 26, nine and one. It's basically what you got to go. 
you can't afford two more losses here in this week to bad teams. Like Mm -mm. these are wins you need to have and you need to have going forward consistently. So they got to go pedal to the floor, win easily. There's only 36 games left. What did I? 26, nine and one. 40 games left. 40 games Sorry. Left. Oh, okay, about that. All right, fair enough. 26, the, 13 and one then. The oh. idea of an easy schedule goes out of the window if the others don't win both the next games. Of course. So do or die. I don't buy that strength of schedule thing anyway. Um, just kind of like the any given Sunday kind of aspect of it. Teams are all good. Yeah. And the Oilers, like Rick said, all season long, they haven't proven that they can just yeah. handle their business against these teams. I think what matters the most more than the strength of schedule is the fact they play the Pacific division a lot in the yeah, lot of four the point games. Yeah. That's, that's more important than playing, I don't know, Arizona and Chicago, I guess. One thing that factors into these next three games is our boy Stu on his way home. He's having mm-hmm. a baby. Should be home by now. Should be home. Probably is home. So he's having his baby. That's great. Uh, Calvin Pickard recalled to back up Jack Campbell thoughts on Jack Campbell kind of carrying the mail for the next couple. No he problem. can do it. He can do it hundred percent. I thought he played fine last night. That goal that was called as a goal, Ugh. man. I thought that was just a hell of a save. I thought that was going to be yeah, one of those ones save. where he goes, Woo! I thought he was pretty unlucky on the second one too. I mean, you kind of one-on-one goal is at a disadvantage anyway. Maybe you would have liked him to have started it since he got so much of it, but yeah, eh, he did enough. It wasn't his fault by any means why the others lost. Tyler. I didn't like the decision to put him in yesterday. I Let's talk that. about that. Cause I, I looked at it. I thought it was weird. I didn't. Yeah. I did not see this as a pulling the goalie. Cause your goalie let in three bad ones. This Me was neither. not like a Miko pull or this you was know, a shake up the bench pull. This was a f- slap everyone around. You pull. went to that. Well, last against Seattle when Skinner gave up four and I didn't think he was particularly awful. And you know, you need Jack Campbell two nights in a row. Yeah, yeah two like games. An extra half game on. Yeah, he better be able to handle two games in a row. I don't know. I would have liked to see Stu ride that one out, send him off, and then boom, Campbell gets the next two, and then you go back to Stu on Saturday. They would fly him back for Saturday, right? Yes, he'll be back. Like, he'll it's be not going to be Vegas. Calvin Pickard. Yeah, what no, if, he'll be back for Vegas. What if Campbell just wins both games and plays well? Like, are you forced to play? Like, I I see the Saturday. Got to put guys in position to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. But is coming. I don't know. It just seems, I guess they fly all the time. So that's a poor excuse, but like, and you know, the PJ is coming out for this one. Oh yeah. Like skin is going to go through a lot. Like, you know, it's big. You think Daryl fires it up for him? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For a starting goaltender to own a divisional game in Vegas. That's a three hour flight, baby. The PJ is coming out. I think Stuart Skinner is going to be on our flight Thursday. (laughs) <laughs> That'd be fun. You watch the goal, baby. We just Sorry, see like a big duster up. at the front of the <laughs> yeah. plane when we walk on. I dig it. I like that. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, sorry, Dan, go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, I like, and I, and I'm sure you guys all share the same sentiment that uh, I wish nothing but the best for Mrs. Skinner uh, in, in everything here. And that's the, that's the part with the birth of a baby or the child that I think that we're, you know, like there's just, there's so many things that could come into it. He, he may not have been feeling it going into the game and just, you know, wasn't there. And, and, uh, and Woody knew that. So I don't know, like, I just think that there's, I think that there's some outside factors that play into it that I hear what you're saying, Tyler, like logically that looked, that looked like a logistical mistake, but, but who knows, maybe behind the scenes, there's some sauce that we didn't know about. You should go back and watch some games by uh, teams coached by Mike Keenan in the eighties. He used to yeah. rotate goalies like shift. By Craig McTavish in the shootout. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I like pulling the goalie to shake the team up. I don't really see it as a big, too big of a deal. No. I feel like how often can you keep going back to that? Well, right. I guess it was just That's more frustrating. Too, that, like, really? This is what the team needs is a shakeup again. Is like, holy that, I like, agree with hundred percent. I don't know. I just, I wish you would have let Stu ride it out. That's my point too. And I think to a point of Skinner as well, like there's only so many times you can hear that message of always oh, shaking it up because the team was bad in front of you as a goalie. You're like, well, figure it out. Cause I'm tired of getting pulled every game oh, and totally. it's not on me. Well, but it's, that was the, yeah, the PK. That's the yeah. The penalty kill was man. deplorable. Yeah. Now that's three games in a row where the team hasn't showed up in front of Skinner. Yeah. Cause they're, yeah. Seattle, three of his games, like a scale Colorado and, now he was Colorado that bad. So, I mean, obviously I was kind of busy that I know everyone wants to like drag nurse through the, but McKinnon's one of the best players that, in the that fucking one. I world, had right? no problem with. No, it actually drove in. me nuts. It drove me nuts. That nurse was getting shit on there because let me see any dummy try to escape backwards I to s- maintain pace with Nathan McKinnon going full flight through the neutral zone. Everything Impossible. I read, everything I read was just like, this is, 
part of your fucking plan. This is a, everybody wants to sit there and go 9.25 or whatever, blame it on. Nah. Nate McKinnon is one of the best players in the fucking world. When Connor does it to somebody, we'd laugh. Yep. It could have been Hedman there. It could have been McCarr there. It and we've been seen any of Connor go around some of the best Riley. defensemen in the world. So anybody who sat there and said nurse after that, really, that was just for them to make themselves feel good. My thought was Nathan McKinnon's doing that to any defenseman in that spot. If yeah. he's got the exact same runway he had. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. I agree. My issue is the person who turned it over in the offensive zone. That was the bigger zone. problem. Yeah. Like defensemen, they're given a split second to try and make a decision. It didn't work because it would probably never work. Like, and you can say whatever you want about Darnell Nurse. His wheels are never a problem. No. no. He is a great skating defenseman and Nathan McKinnon walked him like a pylon because he's moving backwards. My only thing would have been is like, maybe take a penalty. Yeah. That'd be maybe. the only thing, but also you're in the moment and you're thinking like, Hey, like I got to make a play here. It's this instinct. And now he went pie already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it, it took a while to say that he's already gone pie. Like, oh, sh- oh fuck. Yeah, yeah. That one drove me nuts. Your like, instinct is never, Oh, I'm going to trip this guy. It's like, I got to try and get Not the puck and point, stop yeah. him. Yeah. So unless you're Giordano, I will say this though, guys. And I, this, <laughs> this will create a shitstorm. but Chikrin Edmondson, any defenseman named is not fixing this. This is not a fucking make a trade. Like I know everyone's still going chicken. In the, that's not going to fix anything. Like it might, it might help here or there, but it's not going to fix. But what we have right now is an internal issue. So what, what's your solution? I have, don't have one. That's the fucking thing. I think a chicken, <laughs> like I think. Is Chicken going to fucking stop those, stop the stupid ass penalties from last night? But I think, I think is he going to stop is, the fucking terrible power play or the PK? I think what he's going to do though, is he's going to alleviate some minutes, which may lead to better decision. making. Sure. And yeah, five on five. I agree with you, but I don't think that's a fucking, like you look at that game. I can't sit there and expect fucking Holland to make a fucking move after that. I would just, to me, making a trade would help shake up those internal issues. But I don't think yeah. it does though. If you, if you traded Warren Fogel for Zach McHugh and you don't think that sends a message to the room, Boom. Hey guys, you're not so. playing hard enough. Giddy up. Just I would traded sh- a guy you're all tight with. I would sure that's- as fucking hope so. But well, and that's- we've, what we've seen this year is perhaps no. Dan. Well, and that's the thing like with like, we're talking, we're talking here now about like sitting a goalie in the middle of a game where it's not his fault uh, as a message that we keep rolling out there. I don't mind the idea of like a, a Warren Fogel trade like Tyler just listed out there. I mean, obviously, you know, the hockey fights angle there is also helping me. But uh, yeah, I, I I think that that's just another bullet in the chamber. And sometimes it sucks because it's a business, but it shakes it up and it just says, you know what? You are you don't show results. You're going to have to go show them somewhere else because you're not good enough to be on this team anymore. That particular trade right there, I'm actually more behind than anything else. But that's because that's the type of player I think we've needed is somebody to play that bottom fourth, that bottom that fourth line who's going to bring some of that fucking energy and just do what we thought Fogel was going to do. But what I'm saying is just that big trade, like the chicken or whatever, I think he'll make the team better, but I don't think he's going to fucking alleviate a lot of the issues we have right now. See, and I, I think it could almost galvanize the team. Like you sit there and you're like, holy shit, Ken Holland just traded two first round yep. picks to get us this guy. Like, let's go boys. Let's, let's, let's get yeah. it back on track here. I think it could fire up the team a little bit. I, I just get it's so- now or never. Because I, if you screw up so with a fr- move like, like a chitron, do they need that to be happened to just sit there and go, okay, now we can get going. Fogel's gone. Here comes, uh, or, I, you know, I first agree. two, the next two first are gone. Oh right. shit. Now we got to take this there. This, uh, like these guys were in the fucking conference finals last year. They need to be sit there and look in the mirror themselves right now. The whole dressing room go, mm. None of us, well, okay, a couple of them are, but the, the <laughs> majority of us aren't doing shit. Or we're not getting the job done out there. It's on us to go out there and do it. But I'm you can also, at, uh, sorry, Tyler, I'm looking at Warren Fogel, his last five games. <laughs> I'd put him on waivers. <laughs> I would too. He'd be on his waivers. His last tomorrow. five games, uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, about 60 total minutes, roughly, give or take my Uremchuk math. He's got three shots in his last five games. How many, does he have any hits? Uh, he was zeros across the board doesn't last night. Listen, doesn't listen right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, again, BM, wow. yeah. I, you talked about the minutes there, like go over his last five games, add up the shifts. I would love to know the hits number, by the way, but like 15, 14, 14, 19 and 22. So I'm going to do the math here live on the air. 41, <laughs> yeah. 55, 69, Nice. 79, 84 shifts, 84 shifts, three shots on goal. Thank you. 
three shots in 84 shifts, guys. Like, yeah, that's that fair. That's, and there's no argument. That, that and that you point, got healthy scratched twice. Lost two. Twice. You'd think he'd be like, giddy up. We got our roll. How many hits does he have in the last five, Liam? Five. How many hits last night? 80. Zero. 84 shifts with a healthy scratching sandwiched in there. And you can't even get shots. You can't even once every five shifts do something productive. What are we doing? Yep. So I have a, sorry. And I like the, I had a lot of optimism for that guy. You called him full goal. I was on the full goal train. Um, So here's my thing that, and this is more of a question because I don't know what the answer is. Is there a worry that, we're at the point now where the guys who are our trade pieces actually on the NHL team have no value. Yes. Gonna, but, <laughs> yes does, but does that also lead to it being like, well, who's getting traded then? Yes. I, it, I, said that, that, I said that there a little while ago. I was like, the only guys that we can move in terms of money have no value anyway. So if you do move them, you're getting back a lesser, you're getting back a lesser return because of it. But does that mean like, I'm just going to say it because he's another $3 man, but is Yamamoto the guy they actually have to move? I don't want him to, but like you just, might, just, you might I, be, he may have bring back the, the, the most return. return, but then that also makes you worse. Like they're in such yeah. a bad spot because guys are just simply not performing. You're cap and dumping you're right. Vogel and pulley RV and you're using your picks as currency. Well, that's what not, it is. I guess it's like the opportunity be, yeah. cost of the cap that's being tied but up. But can you cap. actually cap dump them without bringing something back? That's going to eat some of that cap again. <laughs> yeah. You can. That's the tricky part. <laughs> I think you can. Oh boy. Fogel for like, where you, so like there's well, a Fogel with clear waivers. Okay, but that's I, only one point one million or whatever. Yeah. So, like, but I'm saying, yeah, no value there. Um, that's and, a guy and, who and, and Evander's going to eat some of that anyways when he comes back. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just think Fogel's the guy who, when you're doing like a Chikrin deal or whatever you're doing, you're doing a Domi deal. You say, like, hey, we're throwing in Warren Fogel, and the team's like, shit, okay, fine. You're giving us a second rounder, and we want it. We're taking Fogel. Twenty twenty six second rounder. Let's go. Is he is he UFA at the end of the year? Right? No, he's got one more year. Oh boy! Oh boy! Like, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Oh boy. But the cap goes up, so it's not gonna be that big of a deal. <laughs> Trim dude rebuilding. Yeah, listen, team. you're gonna start selling. You gotta be you gotta bring their selling it, tactics. It's just like it's at the halfway point of the season, there's two things that if you had told me in August, I wouldn't have believed you that the Oilers bleed this many goals. Like they just could not improve defensively, and that those the the three three million dollar guys would be producing as little as they are. Yamo's yeah, starting to come around to be fair. I I said it on Oilers Nation every day yesterday and Poyavi somewhat made me a little bit wrong yesterday, but like when Holloway and Yamamoto aren't scoring goals, they at least put a positive influence on the game. When Fogel and Poyavi aren't scoring goals, there's not a lot else going on and they're almost just passengers here for the ride. Like Poyavi then made me my words a little bit yesterday, but for the most part, I think that's a fairly accurate statement. Yeah, it's tough to argue with that. I mean, I don't see any, I don't see a lot of negatives coming from somebody from Pooley RV. I don't yeah. see like a, the puck's not ending up in our net when he's out there. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, maybe at that point I'm kind of okay walking away with a, of a neutral stat number when Connor and Leon and Nuge aren't on the ice, mm-hmm. but uh, there's just too much of that. You're getting that from oh, far too many tough players. Do you want to know what my problem is? Yes. What is it? I'm going to tell you. Okay. Here we go. Connor, Leon, Nuge, Zach Hyman. We all agree those four are doing their jobs. Yeah. Do you know who the next forward is in terms of points hold on, on the Edmonton Oilers? Hold on, hold on, I hold know. on. Oh, uh, I do I'll know, let actually. Rick have it. Say this again, bag milk. Sorry, Dan? Say that again. Who is the, after the, the, the big four there, the McDavid, Drysaddle, Nuge, and Hopkins, Hyman, who is the next forward on the Edmonton Oilers roster in terms of points? If you say it's Evander Kane, I'm going to take a bathroom break and I'm sitting out the next 10 minutes. I'm pretty sure it's Evander Kane. It is Evander Kane. Yep. I actually have to go piss. He hasn't (laughs) played since early November. Bye, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone, everybody wants to sit here and, and, and blow Holland up for everything. Right. Um, And there's obviously this team is his, his name, his name's on it, but he came into this year and I think everybody in this room was okay with, you know what? The kids are going to take the next step. And unfortunately, none of them outside of Stuart Skinner have given them that next step. But I mean, yeah. did yeah. we want Yamamoto out? Did we want Pulley? No, we want a Yamamoto. We want a Pulley RV. The Fogel thing, you know, you probably get more 50 50. Uh, you're thinking um, the Ryan McLeod, he's going to fucking take a step up this year. 
the Broberg, you thought, okay, you know what? This guy now granted, I'll say, you know what? He had injury issues in there. So yeah. maybe that's going to hold him back a bit. So maybe he's a little bit on the, on the outside of this conversation, but a lot of the youth that we needed to take the next step that Holland said, we need to take the next step for us to be successful, have not taken that step. But they didn't, so that's Ken Holland's job to change that now. But but when? But I, I just first of all, we already know they don't really have any assets to move. They don't have any cap space in order to move out draft picks, bring in. So his hands were kind of sort of tied, right? I mean, and again, like the the COVID when when COVID hit, we were in a we were at the cycle where we need to start spending money on depth on secondary scoring obviously flat cap really fucked that over a lot of t- every team had to go through it we were just in a certain situation where it was a little more prevalent to us that we needed to bring that in now um and so yeah there's a little bit of that there too but his hands have been kind of sort of tied mm-hmm. during the season By himself like to see a guy who has played 14 games on the season still fifth among forwards and scoring <laughs> is fucking outrageous the Good LA him though. I know it's, it's, it's been on you to look at this, right? Like damn the rest of the team are wow. Is he good? The LA Kings had going into last night, six players with double digit goal totals, two on the first line, two on the second line, two on the third line. Goddamn. That's pretty good. I just can't believe this is what we're talking about when we've got our best player on, on the lineup is having a season that we haven't seen since Lemieux. Yeah, but we just, it's, it's an internal issue where when yeah, that team, when that team has Kane in the lineup, they all walk a little different. They all skate a little. They all played it a little bit different. When he's not there, they kind of so is the take plan a step then just back. To, is the plan then just to sit and wait for him and hope he can save the day like he did last? But, they, but that's just it, though. There's not a lot you can do, and there hasn't been a lot he can in the season. Obviously. With the way everything's been done, his hands are almost are really fucking tied. And there's as much as everyone's like, "Oh, make this trade, make that trade." No one's out there fucking making that trade. I, if you're, uh, well, there's little things you can do. Yeah. So that McEwen, um, Fogel one, I'm looking at that right away. Cause I think that's the type of player that we could use over here. Make him dance. Ken. But is that, that's not going to pop goals. That's not going to fucking fix the way we pick it or we play in our own end. That's not going to fix our fucking breakout where it's a three man breakout. Cause the other two are at the fucking red line. Well, there's a lot of issues in this team where one trade or two trades is not necessarily going to fix it. Well, having three quarters of your lineup not producing jack shit, that's got to rank right up there. That'll do it. <laughs> like that you've got 12 forwards it. most nights and four of them are producing. It's like, what are we doing? But I will at least admit going into this season, I expect this roster to be a lot better. I'm not going to sit here and say Ken Holland gave us a fucking terrible roster because I was behind it at the beginning of the season. And I still think that we've just kind of, we've shot ourselves in the foot here more than anything else. We're not getting outskilled. We're not a lesser team than everybody else out there. We're doing this to ourselves. We are our biggest enemy this year. Tyler, as we head down to Vegas for our friends AMA travel, how do you sum up this conversation? Um, I don't know. Annoying. Frustrating. You know how much fun this season would be? Like, think, if things would have gone to plan, we'd be having a great time. If you missed out on the trip to Vegas, you can still come with us to Toronto in March. Head on nationgear.ca, courtesy of our friends AMA travel. They put together a great trip for us. I recommend you come. Where are you staying? In Toronto, where's the stay? The Royal Oak. Royal York. Okay, because did you see that? uh, So just aside, there's the new uh, the new Blue Jay coming in. Yeah, and he said they had the best chicken tenders. Tendies. Now we're talking at his hotel. The I don't remember which one it was, but it's definitely not the hotel you guys are staying at. We'll find him. No matter what, and we'll I bet you the Royal Oaks oh, got the, good chicken tendies like, I'm too. I'm telling you, man, this yeah, this dude was like raving about the fingers, and well, this company is a big finger company. So, just for our friends, real quick at Betway, how'd you guys do last night? <laughs> good. Two. Did you? What'd you have? I had four bets: Oilers money line. Get in, hit that one. Con- <laughs> Connor goal, Connor shot prop, Hyman shot prop. Yeah, there you go. Bing, bing, bing. I had uh, one of them. I was just looking. So my over one and a half power play bets. The odds were just so bad last night that I was just like, well, I'm not going to do it. It was minus 180 or something like that. Like, there's no, there's no they're on to you. So, yeah, they are on to me and it's bamboozling me. So what I did instead was power play goal in the first period at plus 125. The so King's like goal. when the Kings get that first one, I go, ah, well, Ching. Meh. <laughs> and then I also had Connor anytime goal there as well. I had one that was Connor to score two plus points on another's win. Yeah. And then also the Buffalo Sabres fucked me on my parlay because somehow they lost to Philly. Somehow. Assholes. Yep. 
My can't miss parlays are very much miss parlays right now. <laughs> Liam, how'd you do? Two for two. What'd you have? On a McDavid goal and Zach Hyman shot prop. Oh, look at you guys. Matching That's bets. cute. Adorable. Adorable. Uh, go check out our friends at Betway, provided that you are of legal betting age. Uh, moving along here to the last part of the podcast. How could we not get excited about everyone's favorite segment that Tyler has spent hours crafting just for today, just for your listening pleasure. And the look on his face says he is ready to go. Yep. Ready to roll guys. Word association, Tyler. What's the order? Let's go. We'll go Dan first since he's on zoom and then we'll go Rick Liam bag milk. Dan, Rick, Liam, Begmelk, in the order you are in front of me. There you go. First word, word association. Tyler's signature segment on yep. Oilers Nation Radio. I take a lot of pride in it. Uh, here we go, Dan. The officiating versus LA. Woof. Atrocious. Horrendous. Why? Bush League. So let's talk about it real quick. The Oilers got six power play chances last night. Didn't score on any of them. Yep. That wasn't the problem. No, no, no. Well, I mean, it's a problem. The Bouchard penalty was garbage. The Hyman hook was a puck battle. The too many men call was junk. The too many men call. I'd, I don't know if I've ever seen one that bad before. That was terrible. He wasn't on the ice. No, oh, by the time he touched the puck, he was not on the ice. He was like almost purposely waiting to hit, touch it. Anyway, what? He did. What's next? The Oilers penalty kill versus LA, Dan. Uh, unreal. Horrible. Horrendous. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. I will say vomit. What were you going to say, Dan? I did not hear that question right. I thought you were asking about their power play. Ah, well, same thing. Wasn't good. (laughs) Yeah, neither was fine. I think it was an all. Your word encompassed all feelings on the special. That's word. All right. One word. How will the Oilers play tomorrow versus Anaheim? Better. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, those are our bars at now. Good. Oh, you said one word. IDK. (laughs) Please. Inspired. I'm going to try to be optimistic. I like it. That's a good Tyler. I like that. And all right, this one, I'm just saying one word, and you're saying one word back. All right. Ready, Dan? Vegas. Golden craps. Woo. Taco Bell. Cantina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, that was like LeBron to Dwayne Wade, the way me and you threw that one down. Um, all right. There you go. Sports Association. Speaking Great job, which, Tyler. Unrelated. You brought up basketball. Have you watched the, the two part track documentary? No, is it good? Four parts. So good. Is it four? Yeah. Well, that means I got two left. <laughs> yeah, it's four parts. Oh. Better than um, The Last Dance? No, I don't think so. But Shaq's cool as fuck, man. I had yeah, a lot cool. of time to watch him. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was only two parts. That means I got two left. Yeah. So oh, they want coming out weekly or what? Oh, they're already done. But yeah, I've got all oh. four of my PVR. I just haven't got to it yet. All right. All right. PVR. Yeah, man. You don't have Crave? I do. I just like it was on. Um, I still flipped through the channel guide. I saw it there. And I threw the old the uh, hit the red record button. And there was a time. Wow, I haven't used that for years. Serious? Oh, yeah, I don't have cable. Can't afford it. There was a time, Liam, when Shaq was playing up near four bills. Wow. Four bills? Yeah. Why is that? He's a big fella. He hated working out. <laughs> hated working uh, out. He's like, I don't work out in the summer. Big uh, man too, needs his rest. Me neither. Yep. Me too. He's also I bet you he's one of those guys who balloons up real quickly. Oh, fuck yeah. It was funny. Like, I remember watching like George LaRock play and he'd be playing at like 225 for the last game of the year and 10 days later, he'd be like 268. <laughs> like, what the hell were you eating, man? We should try and get George's back on the, on the podcast. We should, to we should try and get fucks going on. We should try and get Shaq on this podcast. Yeah. Shaq? Why not? Agreed. Honestly. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. Dan, can you slide into his DMS? Hey Shaq, I'm going to give it a shot right now. Ask him if he's in Vegas this week and we can bring him on. Mm-hmm. Well, you there know, you can come to the room. The big Aristotle. The great Aloysius. Watch us work somehow. <laughs> And now on the Weathers Nation Radio, Shaq. Shaquille. <laughs> Shaq PK goes two for seven last night. <laughs> He's a big hockey fan. Have you seen the commercial? Yeah. yeah. Shaq, we're out of print. Hockey. Love it. Yeah, we're out of print. My favorite, my favorite Shaq fact is that the 
contract clause that he once had in his contract that said he couldn't drive his car on the highway because he drove too fast. So to beat that, he would drive in residential neighborhoods to the arena. All gas, no brakes, baby. First it gets icy to dull the pain. Then it gets hot. <laughs> What's your favorite shack ad? That one, the icy hot. They're, they're goaded. Absolute best. They're goaded with the sauce. I love him. I, love I like his guy. printer ink ads. <laughs> I wish that he would make more movies. I was always a big fan of uh, Kazam. Kazam. And Steel when he was like a superhero. Oh, I liked him in uh, Grown Ups 2. Yep. When mm. he's the police officer. Yeah. And he's that guy's little brother. Do you have his uh, rap album? No. Shaq Fu, the game? <laughs> no, I'm not yeah. familiar with his work. Ah, <laughs> you got some homework to do. So let's wrap it up. Loom's got some Shaq homework to do. <laughs> I want to say thank you to Tourism, Jasper, AMA Travel Betway, and of course, sign up for the Jasper Pond Hockey Tournament. You too can get scored on by Tyler Remchuk, mm. self-proclaimed goal leader last year. Like Bono? <laughs> like Bono, isn't it? I was going to say they're coming. Are they putting music on our phones again? You two will be there. Don't hold me that. <laughs> Just like Drake will be in Toronto. Don't hold me that. Nationgear.ca if you want to come with us to Toronto. Shaq might be there. That is it. Oilers Nation Radio. Hit us up on radio podcast. Question of the day. How confident are you that the Oilers are going to make the playoffs? 100%. 80%. 50-50. Talk to me after Vegas. There we go. Time One banana. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.